here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott, we're going into week number nine. Uh, a lot of bye weeks happening. Uh, Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, the New York Giants, Pittsburgh, and the 49ers. So that's six teams on a bye. Uh, that's a lot of teams. That's going to have a big effect on you, obviously, moving down the road for this week. So we did previously talk about some waiver wire concepts, and at the same time, what we're going to slide into now are our start sits. Uh, this is where the matchups definitely factor in, and sometimes you can't just plug and play a, a Pat Mahomes or a Christian McCaffrey now, uh, even for this week. So we're going to give you some of the ideas that we think are going to help you take a big W going into week nine. Pat, you want to hit them with the socials? Yeah, if you would like to connect with us, you can do so on Twitter. We are at the Nine Route One and at Scott from Delco. We also have our website, which is www.thenineroutefffb.com, where you can access our uh, episodes. There's some uh, articles on there, basically links to everything that we do here at the Nine Route. So if you want to check that stuff out, go ahead and hit up our website. If you would like to email, the show you can also do that from the link on our website or you can email us at the nine route ffb at gmail.com start sits all right so we're going to review week eight before we jump into our start sits for week nine scott you pulled out uh six correct start sits last week only four incorrect i'm giving you credit for Hayden Hurst for this week. We're going to assume that he's going to have a crappy game because I really need him to have a crappy game. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and give you credit Wishing for that it into one. existence, yeah, I'll take yeah. it. It's already written Helps down now. Helps us both out, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I don't see him scoring what he would need to finish in the top 12 tonight. I mean, it's possible, but uh, and, and I hope it doesn't happen. But uh, we're going to go ahead and give you credit for that one. I finished at 5-5. Five and five. Uh, We were also 5-5 five and five in our head-to-head matchup, which brings our totals to... Uh, I am ahead 47 to 42. And again, we still have that one draw uh, for the defense that scored the same exact amount of points. So uh, still five ahead. Couldn't make any headway there, but uh, did pick up a, a few percentage points in our yearly start sit percentage. So uh, I guess that means you get to choose whether to go first or second today since you got more right than I did. All right. Uh, you know what? I will... I will get the ball rolling, so to speak, um, with my first pick of the week. Uh, we're going to the quarterback position. Uh, last week, uh, I said to sit him. This week, I'm going to tell you to start him. Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers going up against the Detroit Lions. I watched a little bit of the game last night, and obviously it's a very tough defense, and they didn't give him a lot. I know they got some points there at the end, but I thought you kind of saw a little bit of development quietly with some of those rookie wide receivers. I think you got to move off of trying to worry about like a Sammy Watkins being involved and stuff like that. But Dobbs uh, against Samari Touré had a nice deep wide receiver touchdown that again, they showed the route he ran. You might still see some of that come back to, to roost. You're going up against Detroit who is, you know, pound for pound, the worst, uh, second worst overall in fantasy football to the quarterback position, giving up about 22 points a game, about 266 yards a game, which would be high mileage for Aaron Rodgers, who hasn't had it quite this season. They've given up 12 touchdowns, only two interceptions, 
And for having a nice, uh, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, rookie defensive end, they only have 11 sacks to show for. This is a get-right game, a division game. And uh, if they pull this one out, you might actually see him as a viable starter. Again, maybe not quite the old AA Ron, but moving forward, I love him this week against the Detroit Lions. All right, I spoke about the Raiders' defense last week and how bad it's been versus the quarterback position in fantasy football. They did nothing last week against the Saints to change that narrative, so I'm sticking with this matchup again this week and going with Trevor Lawrence against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Lawrence ranks as the 17th quarterback in fantasy points per game so far this year, which is a, a pretty big improvement from last year, and he's already got 13 total touchdowns, which is more than guys like Jared Goff and even Justin Herbert. This was kind of a toss-up for me. I really liked Lawrence and Justin Fields this week, but when in doubt, I guess go with the guy playing against the Raiders. It just seems like it's the smart move. The Raiders have given up uh, a top-12 quarterback pretty much every week of the season so far. So if you're looking for a top-12 play, which is you know what we're doing here in our start sits is, is trying to get at least top-12, I think Trevor Lawrence is, is a shoe in to, to at least do that this year and, and this week and, and maybe give you even a little bit more. Moving on to the, my start of the week at running back, uh, a guy who I've not been maybe 100% high on the whole time he's been in the NFL, but he's quietly having a decent season, uh, ironically a contract season, and he's won you know best team in football, in my opinion. Uh, that would be that Miles Sanders. Going up against the Houston Texans, short week Thursday night game, but Houston is really like one of the worst stopping the run. They're the only team in the league that's given up over a thousand yards and then some to the running back position. Ten touchdowns. They give up some yardage and, and are leaky against the backfield passing uh, on that level. Again, giving up close to again close to almost thirty points a game at the position. Now Sanders himself in our league of record is a solid top twenty-five running back. He's actually inside the top twenty. Uh, and had a very nice game recently, uh, as yesterday, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, again, he's not going to blow you away all the time, but again, I think this is a juicier matchup. Again, I think he definitely has the potential to be a top 10 running back this week based on the matchup and probably a little bit of a quieter game for the offense overall. Short week in Houston, Thursday night, I would say you book Miles Sanders. He's a definite start. Probably going to be a top 10, maybe top 8 running back this week in fantasy football. Yeah, I think I think the other Eagles backs, Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell, could even get a little bit of action in this game, just based on the fact that you know the Eagles have been blowing people out in the first half and then sort of running the ball and and just kind of running the clock out. I think you could potentially play all three of these guys honestly in this game. It, the Texans have been that bad. It's a good call. I'm going to take Raheem Mostert this week versus Chicago. I, uh, I took the running back playing the Bears uh, this past week, Tony Pollard, and that worked out pretty well for me. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and stick with this matchup. Mostert continues to lead the Dolphins' backfield in snaps and touches. And against the Chicago defense, that's top 10, believe it or not, versus the quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end position, but ranks 29th versus a running back position. I'm not saying that the Bears will be you know, able to shut down the Hill-Waddle combination, but... To me, Mike McDaniels seems like the smart guy. He seems like the kind of guy who will see another team's weakness and, and attack it in, in order to win the game. And remember, he comes from San Francisco, from Kyle Shanahan's system, which is a, a very run-centric system. So uh, I think giving the ball to Mostert you know, 20, 25 times in this game, if that's where the, the, uh, the Bears struggle, then uh, I, I can see 
McDaniel doing that and uh, taking advantage of a, a, you know, like I said, a weakness for, for the Bears specifically. So, uh, yeah, give me some Raheem Mostert this week versus the Bears. Yeah, definitely has uh, stepped up to be that uh, RB1. And like you said, I know in that coaching staff, I think that's why they, they brought him on board. Uh, moving on to my wide receiver grab, grab of the week, ironically, uh, start of the week. Uh, I like Chris Olave uh, a lot, obviously, this week. He's got a, a pretty solid matchup. It's a Monday night matchup against the Baltimore Ravens, who love to give up points as a defense. They also give up the third highest total to the wide receiver position. At this time right now, Chris Olave in our league of record is overall wide receiver 17. He's really been getting it done this season. Again, I, I kind of felt like he was maybe, and, and I, I didn't pick him up in a lot of leagues because of the way things swung, but couldn't get him. But I definitely thought he was coming out probably the most polished wide receiver. He really is just that guy. Uh, again, he's he's doing it as a rookie. There's nobody really near him as far as other wide receivers, as far as rookies when it comes to it. But looking at this matchup against Baltimore this week, you know, their defense just bleeds points. They really only had one or two little good games on on that level. And, and I think that this matchup against this team right now uh, is not a good spot for him. So Chris Olave, uh, I think book him. I think he's got a top five wide receiver potential this week going up against those Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, he's been an absolute stud so far this year. Speaking of rookie wide receivers, I am also taking a rookie wide receiver in my starts this week. I'm going with... I thought you said Chewbacca. Wookie wide receiver. <laughs> like, wide. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can't afford sound effects here, so we have to make our own. Uh, I'm going with uh, a guy we talked about in our last episode for our waiver wire pickups. I'm going with Romeo Dobbs versus the Detroit Lions. Again, after that big old zero he put up in week seven, a lot of fantasy managers were, were dropping him or at least considering dropping him. And uh, I can't really say that I blame them uh, on the few rosters that I do have him. I decided to hold on because I, I do feel like uh, as bad as the Packers have been, you know, record wise, Aaron Rodgers just seems to figure stuff out eventually. Uh, so for me, I think. This bounce back week in week eight versus the Bills and and you know the Bills have a really good defense and and Dobbs still put up a pretty good game, along with the possibility that Alan Lazard could potentially miss another game and then combine that with obviously the juicy matchup that is the Detroit Lions who are the sixth worst team versus the wide receiver position in fantasy football. I think uh, Romeo Dobbs could be in for another big day in week nine. Love me that guy, Romeo Dobbs. Moving on, start of the week, tight end position. Had a funky game this week, but uh, we know that when it comes to playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're one of the few teams that gives up an average of double-digit points to the tight end position. So I'm looking at you, Tyler Higby, uh, to have a little bit of a uh, redemption game this week. I know he had a tough one where he got banged up early. wasn't sure how it was going to go after a big hit turned around and then in the same game dropped what probably would have been a wide open touchdown would have been a big one too uh, he only finished with 15 receiving yards only about three and a half points two catches on six targets uh, again in our league of record that touchdown probably would have pushed him over the hump he's had a couple quieter games but again when you're looking at playing against this defense they just bleed points to the tight end position so i think tyler higby is an automatic top 10 tight end uh potential top five if they get him involved and he's able to be productive like he was against for say like an Arizona uh, or even earlier previous matchup against San Francisco. Again, he has one, two, three, four double digit games. And yesterday for that touchdown would have been a fifth. So I do love him in this matchup, but again, has top five tight end potential against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
All right, my tight end start of the week, again, is going to be somebody that we mentioned in our waiver wire edition. And, and this kind of just goes to show that, you know, when we talk about these guys, we, you know, we're not just throwing names out there. Like, I'm actually starting this guy in a league this week, maybe two, honestly. Uh, it's Evan Ingram versus the Raiders. Not only are the Raiders bad at stopping the quarterback, but they can't really stop the quarterback when they throw to the tight end specifically. <laughs> the third worst defense versus opposing tight ends, and they give up over 16 PPR points per game. And we just gave you Ingram's stats in the last episode on the waiver wire section. Like I said, he's top eight in targets, receptions, and yardage at the tight end position. He's just lacking in that touchdown department, but he's an easy pickup and start uh, at the tight end position this week. All right. Finally, looking at my defense this week, and you know, I, I wasn't sure 100%. I'm, I'm looking around. I'm trying to get an idea of, of who to start, who to not start. And there's a team... Uh, they just had a very nice game against Arizona in a 34-26 victory. Uh, just put up double-digit points. Wrapped around bye week, uh, so technically over the last three weeks, but last two games, 13 and 10 points respectively. I like I like the Minnesota Vikings going up against the Washington Commanders. This will be interesting. It'll be on the road uh, going up against Taylor Heineke. But I do feel like overall as a defense, Minnesota – is a quiet one. Again, in our, our league of record, they are not you know world beaters per se, but they are like a top 15 defense. And again, looking at what they've been able to do over the last few weeks, it seems like that team kind of sees that they have a shot to really take their division and maybe go far. Uh, this should be a very comfortable matchup, uh, you know, to say the least, uh, against that kind of a team where Washington has really kind of struggled overall as a team and an offense albeit they did have a win over the Colts, but at the same time, they don't really put up tons of points, 17 a game. Uh, you know, when it comes to things like turnovers, uh, they are not really too hot when it comes to that. They're a minus four in the turnover battle, which again, always helps out a defense. Uh, special teams hasn't been too high for them either. So I like the Minnesota Vikings. I think they have top 10 potential this week as a defense against those Washington commanders. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one there. I, I struggled to find a defense this week that I want to start, mostly because, I don't know, I, didn't, I don't want to give a defense that was obvious, but they're really after the Vikings, there really wasn't many obvious ones. So I went with the Patriots. Kind of made it a little bit obvious, but this week against Indianapolis, there's a lot of similarities between my starts from this week and last week, and none of the, the players or, or teams are the same, but I'm going against uh, the, the Raiders and the Colts. With Sam Ellinger, a quarterback, I just don't try. They didn't look good. They they put up what sixteen points, barely scored uh, against you know Washington Commanders, who are not like you said by any means a, a world beating defense. Uh, at least this year, they're not. And the Colts still weren't able to do anything. They weren't able to really do much with Matt Ryan. Doesn't seem like that's changed now that they've brought in Sam Ellinger. So uh, for me, you know, Patriots they just they always come out and play hard and, and play smart defense and. Uh, against a quarterback who's as inexperienced as Ellinger is, uh, I could definitely see the Patriots forcing a few turnovers and maybe even getting you a defensive score this week. Honestly, it's it's that kind of uh, matchup for the Patriots. So I, I kind of went with, uh, like I said, I went with an obvious one, but against the Colts, I probably would have taken just about any defense that was playing them. True. So that's it for our starts of the week. Now we're going to talk about who you should fade and back off from what players are in tough matchups and, and definitely probably not going to get it done for you. Uh, I'm going to start my quarterback sit of the week. This week is going to be the GOAT, 
Tom Brady. You know, has quietly been, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff in the news. And, and again, the Buccaneers have not looked like they have over the past few seasons. But he is still the quarterback number nine in our league of record. But he is going up against the Los Angeles Rams, who ended his season last year in the playoffs. There could be a revenge factor. I get that. But the defense has been pretty tough. Um, after that opening game against Buffalo, where they kind of got manhandled offensively, defensively, all across the board, they have quietly turned into one of the better defenses in the league overall, particularly against the quarterback position, which if you can stop that, you're you're in a pretty good spot. Uh, right now in the league, they're about the sixth best against the quarterback position, only giving up about 14 points a game or so. They've kind of circled the wagons a little bit, about 205 yards a game, and have only given up eight touchdowns compared to five interceptions. I feel like this is going to be a very t- – it's going to be a marquee matchup regardless because of the revenge and, and factors of that, you know, for TV. But I, I do think that he is going to probably struggle. Definitely not be worthy of a top 10 quarterback slot. Uh, I feel like he could probably find a stronger matchup. Again, Pat and I, we just gave you a couple there in, you know, again, Rodgers and Trevor Lawrence. So I, I feel like, you know, again, this is going to be a matchup-based concept. Most people might still just plug and play and start, but I just don't like the matchup this week against the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, and Brady just hasn't looked like himself this year. He's I actually heard this stat listening to, to someone else. I, I don't remember where I heard it, but uh, not taking credit for, for this one, but Brady has... I want to say one game with more than one passing touchdown so far on the season. I, I believe that's all he's got. So pretty incredible for a guy yeah. who, you know, Kansas threw City what, game. 50, 50 yeah. some touchdowns one year. <laughs> yeah. I, he's got a touchdown and he's got a passing touchdown in every game except Carolina where they got smoked and lost 21 to three. In that game, ironically, you know, it was just, it was just a dismantling of that offense. But yeah, the Kansas City game was, Three touchdowns, 33 points, his highest output of the season. His past game was 21 against Baltimore and then 23 against Atlanta. Other than that, he's been single digits. Yeah. Yeah, threw for a lot of yards against Baltimore, but again, only uh, only one touchdown. Is that right? Or no touchdowns in that game? Yeah, one. Uh, right? Atlanta, he had one. Yeah, 351 and a touchdown. And I'm sorry, not single digits, but under 20 points a game for what I just said. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's all right. We'll let you slide. Thanks. All right. My sit this week is going to be Jared Goff. After starting on a pretty hot streak and being, you know, the highest scoring offense in the league through the first four weeks, Detroit has kind of fallen off that pace. Uh, not kind of. They, they've plummeted off that pace. In their last three games, the Lions have scored just 33 total points. And Goff's production has pretty much followed the Lions production, or, or maybe it's the other way around. After starting as the quarterback five through those first four weeks, he's now fallen down to the quarterback 12. He's tied with Marcus Mariota for QB 12 in the league. And remember, not that Marcus Mariota is a great quarterback, but he's got that rushing upside. I believe uh, Mariota's got multiple rushing touchdowns on the year. So, uh, you know, those guys produce fantasy points at a little bit higher clip than, you know, these guys like Jared Goff, who are just pocket passer guys. Then you throw in a Green Bay defense that's a top six unit at stopping the quarterback position. And that's just a recipe for a sit for me this week for Jared Goff. I I don't see Detroit getting back on track uh, against the defense as solid as the Packers. Uh, I think you're right. Uh, My of the week at running back. Now, I've done this before. I take a superstar and I say it's more of a fade than anything. But, uh, and I know being banged up definitely helps. But 
there is one guy that I am definitely not high on this season as far as being back to what he did, but I don't like him this week in the matchup at all. And and I, I really do like your defense pick because I think they're going to feast uh, overall this week. I don't like Jonathan Taylor at all, and I'm willing to have the stones to put him down as a sit. Some of this is based on uh, what's been going on this season. Obviously, the New England Patriots, you know, offensively have struggled, but defensively have one of the top teams. And again, against the running back position, not given up much. They've only given up one rushing and only one receiving touchdown to the running back position as a whole. Only about 14 points a game. We definitely know that Indianapolis's offense looks a little pedestrian with a rookie quarterback getting thrown into it. Uh, you know how I feel about quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, especially against uh, Bill Belichick and his defensive mind. But to me, this goes back to last season coming out of a bye week. They were cruising the New England Patriots and had rattled off seven straight wins, go into a bye week and come out and get embarrassed by Indianapolis and lost three out of four and eventually got taken out in the playoffs. We all know what happened there. Indianapolis just ran all over him, literally. Jonathan Taylor had one of his best games of the season, 29 carries, 170 yards at a touchdown. Uh, obviously, he's not as healthy as he was last season, but I think they're going to end up taking out everybody. Uh, I, I really think the Colts are in for a rude awakening, and I do not like Jonathan Taylor at all this week. Are you going to bench him? No, um, but he's going to be flex-worthy at best, and, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, based on his health as well, not being you know 100%. Uh, he's going to be single digits this week, so do not expect him to be that guy. But I know you got to play him because you drafted him at the one, 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 two, one, three overall. Yeah, tough. That's a tough call, but I, I do like that you have uh, you do have the stones to do that because uh, it's that's tough. It's it's definitely when you spend that much draft capital on somebody, it's really really hard to put them on the bench. Yeah, and again, I, it's more of a fade, but again, I really feel this is that one clunker that you're going to see where it's like, ah, oh, man, that week that really kind of killed me. But I think New England's really, you know, they're pissed from that Bears game on Monday night. And I, I think they're going to start to rally this team a little bit. Showed some life this week and, and we'll see. But yeah, yeah like you it. were you were right. They did take it out on the Jets. <laughs> well, they always do. But, you know, yeah. still, yeah, it is. It is what it is. Uh, all right. So my set of the week for running backs is going to be Clyde Edwards-Alaire versus the Tennessee Titans. The CEH is amazingly somehow the RB20 in total fantasy points so far this season. <laughs> Despite handling only 50% of the running back snaps in Kansas City, one time he's he's done that. One time uh in is in you know the first seven games of the season. His last three games, however, he's averaged only 37% of the snaps and just under 50% of the running back carries and targets. His fantasy points per game have dropped from 19.1 in the first four weeks to just 6.3. Uh, over the last three weeks. And Andy Reid even came out last week and named Isaiah Pacheco the starter before their game against the 49ers. So you can already see that the Chiefs are sort of, I don't want to say moving away from CEH. It's still going to be a, a three-headed monster there in Kansas City. But uh, with Clyde Edwards-Alaire not necessarily being, quote-unquote, the starter, I can't fathom putting him into my lineup and expecting anything good to happen. He basically has to score a touchdown just to get you, you know, double digits. I mean, other than that, I, I don't think you can expect anything, you know, more than, you know, maybe five or six points. He doesn't get a ton of targets. That's sort of Jarek McKinnon's role. And, you know, I, I believe that Isaiah Pacheco is going to be the goal line back. So I believe even his touchdown upside is a little bit capped. All of that, then they get to go up against the Titans defense. It's the sixth toughest versus a running back position. 
but is 20th and 27 versus versus the QB and wide receiver positions respectively. So uh, Kansas City also is seventh in pass attempts per game at 38 and runs the ball at the 10th lowest rate at just 21 rush attempts per game for their running back. So you split those 21 rush attempts, say two, three ways plus the targets. There's just not enough volume for Clyde Edwards-Alaire to be a fantasy relevant piece for your for your team. Again, with all the teams on by, you may be forced to play him. But uh, again, sort of like Jonathan Taylor, don't expect a a whole lot out of him this week if he's in your lineup. Yeah, no. Again, some of these stars, again, you're not going to bench them. We get that. We're not saying, oh, cut them. <laughs> you know, yeah, get rid of them. But uh, based on the matchups, this is one of those games where it's going to come back to haunt you that you maybe left them in a top end slot when you had somebody else available. Uh, you know, having the stones to pull that trigger might be a little tough. My sit of the week at wide receiver is is a guy who I liked. I know Pat, you were not high on him at all coming into the season. The injuries have been a factor, but also Devontae Adams and the offense really just stinking it up as a whole. Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Hunter Renfro uh, this week going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everything's down for this guy. And and again, I thought maybe they'd be a little bit more wide open. Obviously, Josh McDaniel coming from not, you know, the the greatest show on turf type of offense with with New England, but something a little more competent, having pieces in place. This guy being a PPR dream last season, where he was 20th in targets and just really again got a lot of his points based off of that, but was a as a league winner for a lot of people. And again, being banged up, having Devontae Adams there this season is one thing. But in only five games, he's only got about 25 targets. He's down about two, two and a half targets a game compared to his rate from last year. Uh, His yards for reception are under double digits, which they've been over his entire career. He has no touchdowns. It's just not looking like maybe he has the value. It could be injuries, but I definitely think it's that offense as a whole. He's not one of McDaniel's guys. Obviously, he didn't draft them, so he may very well look at him and just say, eh, not worried about you. This is his fourth year, so I believe uh, he was not a first-round pick, so it should be the end unless they re-up him. He might be a free agent that if he catches on with another team, that's fine. But uh, Hunter Renfro this week against Jacksonville, for those that have been waiting for him to regain his mojo from last year, it's not going to happen this week, and and unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen this season. Yeah, that was my fear with Renfro in the beginning of the season was just he was a volume-based guy that I just didn't think was going to get as much volume this year. So yeah, it's definitely been a tough start so far this season. My sit this week is going to be Brandon Cooks versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Now Cooks may be traded before the 4 p.m. trade deadline. Yeah. But uh, so again, we record this on Monday. You probably won't hear it until Friday. So we'll know a little bit more as far as where Brandon Cooks uh, is or isn't, I guess, uh, you know, come later this week. But if he does, get to go to like a new team, a contending team, I would assume would be somebody that would trade for, for a cooks at this point. I doubt he's going to be super involved in his first game with a new team anyway. So either way, I guess what well, I'll stick with cooks either way, but if he does stay in Houston and has to play against the Eagles on Thursday night, oof, uh, the Eagles corners are among the best, if not the best in the league per pro football focus, only the Jets' two starting cornerbacks grayed out in coverage better than Darius Slay and James Bradbury. But if you throw in their nickel corner, Avante Maddox, Philadelphia has three of the top 13 cornerbacks in the league. Again, per pro football focus uh, coverage numbers, top 13, uh, three top 13 cornerbacks, which is crazy. Uh, they rank as the 10th best defense versus the wide receiver position in fantasy. 
and now added another potential Pro Bowl D lineman and pass rusher in Robert Quinn, they, whom they just traded for uh, last week versus, uh, excuse me, from the Chicago Bears. A bad day for the Texans wide receivers and the team as a whole, I think, is, is going to be looking forward, especially having to go up against a, a, that Philly defense on a short week. Going to be really, really difficult for, uh, for the Houston Texans this week at home. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough matchup and a very tall order, like you said. If he's even still on that roster, and if he does get traded, the likelihood that he makes any major impact in a you know a short week one with new team du jour, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's going to make it tough for him either way. So I think that's a great call. Moving on to tight end position, uh, a guy who I I you know not a big fan of sometimes, but uh, it's mainly because I think he's a little overhyped, and usually it's the injuries, but. Uh, TJ Hawkinson this week has a tough matchup uh, against the Green Bay Packers. They're again, it's a division game first of all, and they're very, very, very tough against the tight end position. They're about fourth best overall uh, when it comes to defending that position. I really went back and kind of took a peek, and you know, I look at our league of record right now, and he is the tight end four. And you say, okay, you know, he's number four. If you're if you're just looking at that, you look at some stats, and you say, okay. His whole season was basically one game. It was the big game against Seattle where he had 179 yards, two touchdowns, put up close to in our league of record with bonuses. He put up almost 42 points. Uh, if you take that away from his season total, it drops him down to about 45.6. If you break that down to an average, it averages out to about 7.6 points per game. So if he stayed on average, which for the rest of his season has pretty much been there, that's going to drop him down from tight end number four down into the 20s. Uh, he'd actually be behind Juwan Johnson. It, it's a shame. I mean, again, he does have the ability right there. And, and I know, Pat, you commented on golf at the beginning with your quarterback sit that, you know, the offense looked like they were clicking for a couple of weeks and then Swift got hurt and Amon Ross St. Brown banged up. And, and again, I just think that, you know, this team as a whole, we've seen a lot of potential and, and hard knocks and it's just not happening. Uh, Hawkinson this week, I, I think you could definitely find a better matchup because his season was really just him as a, a one-trick pony so much so. And, again, I know he put up 11 points this week against Miami, but I, I just don't see him doing it against Green Bay. It's a very tough matchup and a very tough division game. Yeah, yeah, that's obviously why I selected Jared Goff as my sit of the week at quarterback, like you said. So at the tight end position, I'm going to sit uh, Mike Kosicki this week versus the Chicago Bears. As bad as the Bears' defense has been versus the running back position, they've been – just that good against the quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end positions. As I mentioned earlier, Chicago ranks in the top 10 versus the tight end position. They're actually ninth overall, giving up fantasy points to the tight end. But they're 29th versus the running back position, which is why I like Moser this week and why I don't like Gusecki. Even though he's been coming on a little bit stronger lately after a pretty slow start to the season, Gusecki is still a sit for me. Basically, just because of the matchup, I have a feeling that uh, Miami isn't going to need to throw the ball a ton, and uh, they're going to find it difficult to do against this Bears defense, who quietly is is one of the better pass defenses in the league. So definitely think you can find a better option than Mike Kosicki this week versus the Chicago Bears. Finally, bringing up the rear, our defenses and our defensive sits of the week. I am going to go full-blown matchup. And I'm going to go against the number six defense in our league of record, the New York Jets. They are going up against the Buffalo Bills. The Jets were actually able to squeak out a few points this week. Uh, and I actually 
think I let me take a peek. Uh, no, I didn't have them as a, a start or sit from last week, but kind of know that they've been on the up and up as a defense. We've seen it. Uh, we're able to get eight points out of New England, uh, and some of that factored into being a low-scoring game. Denver the week prior, similar, uh, again, where they really weren't putting up big numbers. But I, I don't see them having the potential to be worth starting right now this week against uh, those Buffalo Bills, again, with – you know, top offense in the league. Again, watched them pretty much take their foot off the gas last night against uh, a Green Bay team that, you know, never really was a threat. You know, look for a second like they might have a shot, but it, it wasn't going to happen. It's just, you know, they're, they're putting up 30 points a game, passing for over 300 yards a game, running for over 120 yards a game, 430 total yards of offense. So all signs point to a monster Bills win and the Jets struggling because, again, the Jets also – uh, have to go against that Bills defense. So Jets defense, albeit number six in our league of record this week, don't think they'll probably be in the top fifteen, and we'll be we'll be lucky to kind of hang on and make the game competitive overall. And that does not spell well for a fantasy starting defense. Yeah, Bills defense is is real juicy this week. I, that was that was instantly the first defense that popped into my mind. But I'm like, you can't you can't go that obvious. I guess going the Patriots is fairly obvious. Too, but I, I felt like the Bills was a little bit more obvious. But uh, yeah, definitely if you if you roster the Bills defense if they're available in your league, one hundred percent start them against the Jets and and sit the Jets versus versus the Bills. I don't think again I mentioned before I wouldn't start anybody against the Bills. They're just they're too good offensively and just don't turn the ball over very much. No, I mean last night you saw uh, Green Bay kind of snuck a an interception there at the end that almost made it. You know, a little bit of a, I don't even want to say a game. You know, they got six points out of them. But, yeah, no, it's, it's not looking good. They covered the spread. Well, well that's what we can – that's the positive. <laughs> that's a that different podcast, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only positive we can pull from that. And my defensive sit this week is uh, going to be the New Orleans Saints versus the Baltimore Ravens. The Saints were actually the number one overall defense in fantasy this past week after shutting out the Raiders. But this week they get the Ravens, who are the third worst matchup versus opposing fantasy defenses. Ravens rank in the top five in points scored and yards, and they're tied for 11th in turnovers with just nine. Uh, and because of Lamar Jackson's athletic ability, he doesn't tend to take a lot of sacks, only 17 so far this year in eight games. I do think the Saints will hold their own in this game. I don't think it's going to be like a blowout or anything like that. The Saints do have a really solid team and can run the ball well, which um, lends to you know, a little bit more ball control, a little fewer opportunities, I guess, for the other team's offense. So I do think that this is going to be a good game. I just wouldn't start their defense uh, Monday night against the Raiders. I, I just feel like against the Ravens, excuse me, I just feel like, you know, the Ravens are one of those teams who can put a 40 burger on the board pretty much, you know, any game, no matter who they're playing. So definitely uh, not too interested in playing the Saints defense this weekend uh, against the Ravens. No, I agree. Um, you know, Ravens uh, just acquired Roquan Smith from the Bears, so their defense gets a little bit of a juice on that side of the ball. But no, I, I know Lamar in prime time is definitely going to look to uh, show up, and yeah, he he doesn't have a lot of trouble doing that. So that's a great call. Yeah, well, all right, that does it for our starts and sits for this week. I'm feeling pretty good about uh, about my my starts and sits this week. Although I guess I feel pretty good about them every week until we start scoring them, and then I realize. Uh, you know how bad I did, but again, the, it's much harder to get the starts correct uh, because of the lofty standard that we set for ourselves. But uh, we've both been killing the the sits. We've we've gotten well over sixty percent of our sits correct so far this year for both of us. So 
Uh, I'm going really to put that there. to the test this week. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you know, like I said, we gave you some good information to take away for this week. I know it's still early in the week, but well, it won't be early in the week by the time you hear this. But obviously, when we do our start sits, we do them on Monday for the entire week. So things may change. We do, uh, as far as this contest goes between the two of us, we do reserve the right to change players if we need to based off of injuries or, um, you know, maybe information that we get later in the week about, uh, you know, certain guys, you know, playing or not playing or whatever the case is. So, but we, we definitely believe in these guys that we're telling you to start and believe that the guys that we're telling you to sit are, uh, are going to have some struggle. So, uh, hopefully that helps you make any decisions that you may be thinking about with your lineups this week. And again, with, uh, with a lot of teams on by, going to be pretty tough to sit some of these guys. I mean, I can't imagine with six teams on by, anybody's going to be able to sit Jonathan Taylor. But, you know, just the fact that uh, you believe he's he's going to struggle a little bit is is it's worth throwing in here because I think it definitely makes sense, especially if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner. You, you probably are already feeling those struggles. I actually uh, I heard on a podcast I was listening to today, somebody had traded Jonathan Taylor, and what they got back for him was, was not, uh, you know, what you would expect to get back for – uh, you know, a top three pick in your draft. So definitely the value has fallen there and the Colts look like a train wreck. So uh, we will see, but I'm, I'm proud of you for that call. I, I think that if, if he scores under, you know, the threshold here and we'll, uh, we'll definitely make sure that we mention this again next week when we, when we go over our, uh, our hits and misses. Also like to thank uh, Mickey's Portacol pub in Tuckerton, New Jersey for partnering with the show. If you're looking for a great place to watch uh, NFL games on Sunday, or if you're a Phillies fan and you're looking for a place to watch the World Series, definitely check out Mickey's. Good food, great drink specials, and all the sports you can handle. Mickey's Pub, 327 East Main Street in Tuckerton, where friends and family meet. And real quick, before we sign off, and just throw our socials at you again. We are on Twitter at the 9 Route one and at Scott from Delco. You can check out our website, www.thenineroutffb.com. You can also email us at thenineroutffb at gmail.com. Scott, you got anything uh, you want to throw out there before we head out for the night and do some trick-or-treating? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good luck to everybody. Hope your bags are full. Um, yeah, go Phils. Uh, go Philadelphia Union. This Sunday, they'll actually also compete to win the MLS Cup, which they – kind of got robbed of last year due to COVID protocols and we're not just going to get into that. So Philadelphia is the spot undefeated Eagles flyers are playing well and Sixers, but it's um, a good time to be a Philadelphia fan. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, and again, fantasy football wise uh, here at the nine round, we always appreciate everybody who likes and subscribes, download the podcast. Again, you can check us out on YouTube, put us on in the background while you're cleaning the house or, you know, pop it on your, uh, your earbuds or your headphones while you're cutting the grass, or now you're probably raking some leaves because uh, seasons are changing. So, again, we do appreciate that. We hope to take you deep into your fantasy football playoffs and all the way to a title. So, for Pat, I am Scott here at the Nine Route, and we'll see you next week going into week 10. Peace. <laughs>